We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. I appreciate you tuning in. This episode is, as always, brought to you by Prize Picks. Today, we're going to talk about the first 49ers loss in a regular season game in 16 games, falling 19 to 17 to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland in a game that the 49ers are going to be hoping that they could put behind them as quickly as possible. It went as badly as it could have gone. It fell apart uh, at the seams in every facet for the 49ers. There are little things you can pick at and nitpick at and, and magnify here and there, but in the end, the entire 49ers team is to blame for what was just an abysmal performance. Um, we knew the Browns weren't weren't a joke. We, weren't, we knew they weren't a pushover. At the very least, we knew that the 49ers were we're stepping into what was going to be or what was against one of the absolute best defenses in the NFL. Statistically, in, in almost every metric, they were an elite defense. But given the 49ers were coming to town with also an, an equally good defense, or so we thought, that you know the fact that it was it was a much more equal uh, equal matchup between the 49ers offense and the Bears defense than it was between the, I said Bears, Browns offense versus the 49ers defense. That to me seemed like the mismatch of the game, but it didn't play out that way. If anything, the Browns had more success against the 49ers than the 49ers did against the Browns um, on offensively. Uh, you look at the two units combined, just staring at them right now. Between both teams, the 49ers went three of 12 on third down. The Bears, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to call them the Bears, but it needs to stop right now. The Browns, the Browns, Robert. The Browns were 3 of 13, so neither offense was good. The only difference was the Browns had 334 yards to show for it compared to the 49ers' 215. The Browns dominated the time of possession by almost 10 minutes, 33 minutes to 26 minutes. Uh, they averaged 4.8 yards per play. The 49ers only averaged 3.9. 
174 yards passing compared to the 49ers, 107. 160 yards rushing compared to the 49ers, 108. They even outdid the 49ers in penalty yardage. Not that that helps you win. What's interesting is the 49ers actually won the turnover battle, battle yet found a way to lose the game. Um, the, the Browns had two turnovers, turnovers. The 49ers had one. So just a um, – here's your difference right here. The Browns were four or five on field goals. The 49ers for one of three. Now that is we'll – get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But what I'm basically going to do, first, let's hit the injuries. Right now, per Jordan Schultz of, of X, of Twitter, of – no real publication, I believe. Let me let me make sure. But his his latest take was that Debo Samuel's X-rays on his shoulder were negative, and that the team expected him to be fine. Yeah, Jordan Schultz just says just says NFL Insider. So so for for Twitter for X, uh, it's not considered to be serious. Uh, MRI will tell the full story. So obviously. They don't know that he will be fine yet because the MRI will tell the full story. So we're still waiting to see about Debo Samuel. Um, Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area said that Trent Williams, uh, left tackle Trent Williams, was in a walking boot after the game and that said that he kind of stuck it out um, and he didn't want to put put the team in a rough spot. So he stuck it out and uh, we'll see where that goes from there. I mean, best case scenario, low ankle sprain. Worst case scenario, high ankle sprain and he's missing – you know, around a month and, uh, you know, and that could get serious for the 49ers real quick, but we'll see. I definitely don't want to speculate. All right, let's get into the game. To me, everybody shares, uh, everybody gets to share the blame for this loss because it seemed like nobody on the 49ers played well. You can start from the obvious places. Brock Purdy wasn't great. He looked nervous the entire game. He rushed some throws. He missed some throws. He threw an interception. He probably thrown at least, he should have thrown at least two interceptions. He had another one just barely bounce off the tips of a defender uh, he again. He looked nervous. He looked like he was so used to being uh, pressured that even on the reps where he wasn't pressured, the few and far between, he was eager to get the ball out. There was one play, and, and I'd have to rewatch it. A lot of clarity comes from rewatching these games. On one play, it looked like he had a perfectly clean pocket, and he just started running and slid and gained no yards. Um, so it was clearly the first time we have seen Purdy truly razzled truly shaken up and truly nervous and just trying to get the ball out of his hands to make a play. Uh, and then you get into what we saw from him in the weather. Uh, he had two missed throws. Um, even on the one where they threw an interception, it looked like the ball just left his hands bad. At one point, he lost control of the football, dropped it on the ground and had to recover it to kind of end the drive. So Brock Purdy wasn't good. The offensive line was probably the biggest loser on the day. They couldn't block a soul. Uh, I mean, if I if you go to just the absolute base box scores, this isn't even like a PFF grade. You're talking the Browns had three, four, five, six quarterback hits, uh, five tackles for loss, two st- two sacks. Uh, they were all over the place back there. The 49ers had an equal measure of success, but it seemed like the uh, the 49ers were unable to to overcome what the defensive line was throwing at the offensive line. At least not as well as the the Browns were, because the Browns were able to kind of turn that into a, a screen game, a run game. You know, at least they were able to turn out some stuff on the ground, whereas the 49ers for almost an entire half just seemed like they turned into a shell of themselves and were unable to move the ball. Um, but to me, the offensive line was probably the biggest loser on the day. They they just constantly giving up pressure, couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball. I mean, outside of that first drive and maybe first and maybe the last drive, there was really not a whole lot to show f- 
for them as a group. And Trent Williams was doing his absolute best out there on an injured ankle, um, but even he looked rough at, at times. So, to me, if you're gonna if you're gonna rank the performances, the offensive line would probably be down at the bottom. Uh, play calling from Kyle Shanahan seemed gross. It seemed like he just he, he was incapable of calling simple, quick plays. It seemed like everything was. It's taking a long time to develop. It required a bigger drop back for for Purdy, and at least that's what it looked like on first watch. Again, you got to go back and watch these things, but it seemed like it wasn't until the last drive where the 49ers started calling plays that were just, bam, couple steps, boom, balls out, and let your player make a play, and that's kind of what we saw with with that pass to Ayuk. You know, he took that straight down in the middle of the field and turned it into like a 30-yard gain. Um, you know, they converted on third down on that last drive to Juwan Jennings, who, we, who immediately got out of bounds. You know, it just seemed like the 49ers were incapable of adjusting to the fact that the offensive line could not block a soul. So uh, not a good day for Kyle Shanahan either. Brandon Ayuk had one or two drops, depending on who you ask. One of them was a very bad one in the first half where Purdy bought just a, a little bit more time, was was staring pressure in the face, threw it deep, put it right on his hands, just bounced right off his hands. Uh, Brandon Ayuk kind of looked around like, somebody pass interference, somebody interfered with him, but that just wasn't the case. And he just dropped it. Debo Samuel got hurt in the first half, um, out with a shoulder injury. Christian McCaffrey got hurt towards the, I think he got hurt towards the end of the second half, came in a little bit in the beginning of the second half, end of the first half, came in a little bit to start the second half. And then eventually just ran to the locker room and was out for the game. George Kittle was a non-factor. 49ers offense was consistently trying to overcome third and longs. Um, I mean, then you go to the other side of the ball, the defense allowed an offense led by a backup quarterback to just gain way too much steam. And it, it, and I say too much steam. We already talked about the fact that the Browns were three of 13 on third down. They weren't particularly good, but when they weren't getting to third downs, they were just moving down the ball pretty convincingly. They, their running game had 34 carries for 160 yards. That's the four, 49ers worst performance against the rush. Uh, this year, the Browns averaged 4.7 yards a carry, which will win you a game. If you can run the ball 34 times and average 4.7 yards per carry, you can win games, despite being, you know, despite their quarterback throwing two interceptions. So the 49ers defense wasn't, I mean, I guess you, it's hard to complain about allowing 19 points on the road to a, a team that just came off a bye week, which I think is going to be understated throughout this week is the fact that the Browns uh, came off a bye week. Whereas the 49ers came off a, you know, a tough late Saturday game against Dallas. And I'm not saying tough in the fact that they struggled in that game, but that was obviously a game that they, uh, that they really were emotionally ready for, physically ready for, and uh, coming off something like that, shorter week against a team. I say shorter, you know, you're really talking only playing early in Sunday versus late on Sunday, but coming against a team that has had a week to prepare for you with the NFL's best defense. I mean, things can go wrong and things did go wrong. Uh, the 49ers defense just didn't seem like they were up to the task. It seemed like they'd never prepared for a screen before because the Browns just kept churning those out, churning those out. Uh, huge gains over and over and over. The rush defense just wasn't there, like we said. Defensive line got close a lot, but it didn't seem like they got Walker to the ground often enough. They only managed two sacks. They had quite a bit of quarterback hits. Nick Bosa had two. Randy Gregory had three. And then you've got one, two, three, four more in addition to that. Uh, they had a few tackles for loss, but they just consistently gave the offense, the Browns offense, too much time to make something of nothing. Uh, so it wasn't a good performance from the defense either. 
Uh, and to me, you know, uh, the one thing that you're probably all waiting for me to get to is Jake Moody. And to me, Jake Moody played how the rest of the team played. He was good for about half the time, or if it gets technically, it, he was good for one third of the time in terms of field goals. He, he, uh, excuse me. That's why does it say he's one of two? It's oh, that's field goals missed, not field goals made. Jeez, Robert, he made a field goal. He missed two. He was one of two. Like uh, to me, with when it comes to the kicker. We'll talk more on this in a little bit. We'll talk more on this right now, actually. But like he played as well as the rest of the team played. Like you can't just fumble the ball around for for three quarters and then expect your kicker to be the one that bails you out on the end. And I understand that that is kind of like the point. Like kickers are there to kick. They are there to win games. But in terms of the way this game unfolded, like there was nothing the 49ers did in this game to me that said they deserved to win. You know, they were just hoping Moody was going to be the one to bail them out. And Moody played as, guess what, as bad as the rest of you. So it's like, sure, you can be upset that in that moment, in the final moment, Moody was the one that missed. But he's not your, your scapegoat for an entire game played absolutely horribly from an offensive, defensive, and special team standpoint. None of those three units were good. So to me, Moody's missed field goal was just kind of a culmination of the way the game had already gone. And it's like, it was just, to me though, you know, the 49ers asked for this. Like, if you're going to draft a rookie kicker, I don't even give a shit that he was drafted in the third round. If you're going to draft a rookie kicker, you better be prepared to to take the lumps because rarely do they just step into the NFL and they're just great from, I don't care what round you draft them in. But they decided to go with a rookie kicker, and now they've already got one loss to show for it. And again, the entire team could have done more and made it to where it didn't come down to a Jake Moody 41-yard field goal to win the game. But they decided to draft a rookie kicker, and now they're already paying for it. I think they have roughly $40 million in salary cap right now. Now, you should know why they have that. It's because they're already up against the salary cap next year. They need that room next year. But let's say they decided to pay Robbie Gould. Maybe Robbie Gold is that I know of still a free agent and I'm not saying pay him now, but I am saying that if they would have paid him maybe on a one year deal, what could you have got him for three, four, $5 million. So you'd have $35 million in salary cap right now instead of 40 and you'd probably be six and oh, and it should have, could have, would have, you know, playing armchair quarterback on a Sunday evening, but you drafted a rookie kicker. I don't even care that it was in the third round. This is what is going to come with the territory. So we'll see how the 49ers handle it from here. My long-term concerns from this game, because in the end, I I don't necessarily think that this loss means anything for the 49ers other than the injuries. That, to me, sits atop the list of long-term concerns. Is Debo Samuel going to be okay? Are there any long-term effects? Will he miss a game? Will he miss any time? Will he miss multiple games? Is Trent Williams going to be okay? Is he going to miss any time? Is he going to miss multiple weeks? Those wins and losses, those players add up. I mean, the 49ers for a big chunk of this game were with a hampered Trent Williams, no Debo Samuel, and no Christian McCaffrey. And we saw how quickly that changed. Now, they're not always going to be going up against defense as good as the Browns, but they are going to go up against some good defenses, especially in the playoffs, that are going to be game planning their asses off to recreate whatever the Browns just did. So, if anything, you know they, they have to be prepared for games to go like this. And last, uh, my second on my list of long-term concerns is 
uh, is the offensive line going to be able to ripe the ship? Because they were terrible. And other teams are going to look at that. And I, I'm not even sure that the Browns did anything that other teams can replicate. That, uh, you know, not everybody's got Miles Garrett and the Browns defensive front. But is the offensive line going to right the ship moving forward? And last but certainly not least, is kicker reliability? Are, are the 49ers, the 49ers are destined to be in more tight games. Are they going to be able to rely on Jake Moody to make a kick to win the game? If you are going off this game against the Browns, then no, they cannot rely on him to do that. But maybe he, like everybody else, writes the ship and gets back to making kicks. Uh, up until this point, he had never missed a kick in the regular season, and, and he missed two today. So maybe he turns it around just like the rest of the team is capable of turning around. If you think the 49ers uh, and, and offense, defense, special teams will be able to correct this, then you should probably think that Jake Moody can correct it too. Um, we'll see where they go from there. So that's my long-term concerns. Really my only long-term concerns coming out of this game. Um, it was, this type of loss was inevitable. The 49ers and every team have them every year. It's just kind of what changes they make moving forward. But my long-term concerns are how uh, severe are the injuries? Um, what can we expect from the offensive line moving forward? And are they going to be able to rely on Moody to make the field goals they need to make moving forward? Cause obviously he did not today. Now, here we go, because our takeaway time got 51 replies, 54 it says right now. Now, you know the deal. We're going to get all of these, but here's something you got to understand. Let's say I only spent one minute on each one of these replies. That would mean, that would mean we would have another 54 minutes of this podcast, which is not the worst. I'm not complaining. But I'm going to be pretty quick with these because I want to get to everybody's takeaway. That's the deal. That's what I've always said. And you guys are in the comments, so we're going to we're going to roll it. But just try not to be upset with me if I don't spend as much time on your takeaway as I would like to. And one more thing that I hadn't mentioned yet, but I know we're about to mention because it's probably going to be at least half the takeaways is the officiating was fucking horrible. Before you complain about the officiating, though, know that it's on the 49ers for putting themselves in a position where one or two officiating calls can decide the game. But that being said, it was absolutely abysmal. And the fact that each and every single officiating call isn't reviewable is also abysmal. Like, we need to, we're beyond that point. Because when the 49ers are getting, uh, when, when the Browns are getting game winning drives extended because of a poor call on Tashawn Gibson for an unsportsmanlike conduct hit on a defenseless receiver that was straight to the chest slash shoulder, that needs to be reviewable because the game is depending on it. A couple plays later, you're calling a, a holding on Traverius Ward on an incompletion that I think also might have been on third down, if I'm not mistaken. And that was not a hold, and that gave them another first down. And, and then earlier in the game, you had a sack fumble that was ruled an incomplete pass. And anybody watching that replay can see that, like, the dude is being sacked and his arm just happened to, like, move slightly forward. I don't even know if the ball technically went forward. But the idea that what we were seeing there was a pass was just laughable. And the, the Browns probably got where the, got the shaft on some calls, too. But the refs were fucking horrible. 
And I only pull out the F-bomb when I feel like it, it adds some emphasis. And here, it adds some emphasis. The NFL cannot keep just, I mean, it's the same thing with baseball. Just rip off the Band-Aid, add whatever replay and computer-assisted measures you need to add to make sure the game is called correctly. Like baseball just keeps, baseball literally has something on your screen as you're watching baseball to tell you if it was a ball or a strike. But then at the game, in the actual game, where it matters, they don't. It's this stuff where everybody and their mom can see what the correct call is, but they can't get it right on the field in the game. That's a problem. That should be fixed. But again, refs destroying games are its kind of like a timeless tradition. Not that it needs to exist, but it's not like the 49ers are the first to ball victim for it. And again, that's their fault for playing down to the Browns and uh, and putting themselves in a position where one or two calls seal the game. Let's get to the takeaways. Again, we've got 54 of them, but we're going to rock and roll. I'm going to pop my knuckles and see if I can get into the... Here we go. I got some. Here we go. Popping my knuckles. Broncos country. Let's ride. We're going to start it off with a drink of water for one. There it is. Jeffrey K. Lyles at Lyles Movie Files. Robbie should would never. <laughs> I'm assuming he means Robbie Gold, or he could mean me. This felt like the first Seattle game in 2019, losing from a missed kick. We needed the loss, and the 94 team lost 48 to a strong Eagles update. Nest. Nice to see Brock made the fourth quarter just about come back. Refs certainly helped the Browns. They did. And uh, no matter how poorly Brock Purdy played in that game, and he did play poorly, uh, he and the offense did, did get it together in that last drive and still had a chance to win the game. Was it not for a moody field goal? But again, I like to look at the entire game, not just the last series and realize that the 49ers put themselves in that position in the first place. So yeah, it was, it was good to see Brock in that, that really high pressure cookie scenario, uh, actually put together a drive. Brandon Fox, hangover from the Cowboys game, maybe got fooled into thinking we were unstoppable on offense. Hey, that's, that's a good point. Visit from our friend injury bug, undisciplined with penalties. First game O-line got handled the refs. It was a fumble, not a forward pass by Walker. It, it, it absolutely was. Uh, and still had a chance to seal it. And I think Brandon brings up an actual point, excellent point here that I haven't brought up yet. The 49ers had everything go wrong on them today. They played bad on every single part of the game. When offense, defense, special teams, everything was bad for the 49ers today. And they still had a chance to win it. So if you're a glass half full type of person, just know that the 49ers played as bad as we've seen them play in a long time. And they still had a chance to win. Too fresh. I, I have no words, but team needs this to learn from and get away from the clouds. Don't want to put this all on Moody since the offense failed today. But man, you get drafted high to make those on to the next. Yes, you do. And, and and if if Jake Moody had made that kick, this entire conversation would be a little bit different because I would still be rolling over this team for how badly they played. But you know, at least in regards to their kicker, everything would be different. But he missed it, and it wasn't his first miss. He he pushed the 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 late one, and he pulled the the first one. So it is what it is. Darren says deserve first loss. I agree. Side NFL point when there's a title of twenty five penalties for two hundred twenty three yards, and there wasn't 
anything really weird happening in the game, you have a ref problem. They're not biased. They're just bad. And it's barely, they're just bad. And that's barely football. I watched. Yeah, I, I agree. It was, it really was 25 penalties for 224 yards. It just looked like a, a game that was dictated just as much by the refs as it was the two teams. And that should never be the case. And you can't just let players get away with anything, but there were way too many calls there that just seemed a little too like on the verge of, it's not really a call you have to make in that moment, but they were making them and uh, it really changed the landscape of that game. And I'm sure we're going to, I'm sure this is the end of, of us hearing about it. Anthony Almazan, Brock may have, Brock may have not played good, but when it mattered, he drove the field to get a field goal range and the kicker missed. That's true. hundred percent true. He did not play well. Um, but I wouldn't say when it mattered because that's the wording to me that you kind of like stumble over. It is obviously when it mattered, but every drive mattered. That's what made the last drive critical, had to have it. And he did get it. And then the kicker missed. So you're still correct. I just think that they found out the hard way that all those other drives mattered too. And uh oh, now we have to do it. And we're relying on our rookie kicker to win it for us when none of our, when none of us have done our job all game. Uh, Michael McVeigh, I figured this was going to be a tough game, as did I, as did I, but I didn't imagine this. But this is football and shit happens. Just wasn't our week. They may have been, they have been humbled. They have been humbled. I'm just going to correct it for them. They have been humbled. And now I sure, I'm sure we will see a better team versus Minnesota next week. Uh, yeah, the Browns are not Minnesota in in the fact that they're not going up against a, a defense as capable as the Browns were. But hey, this is football and shit happens. I think that's that's the quote of the uh, the quote of the the, the game for Michael McVay there. Oscar Panate, Panate. I'm going to say Panate there. 49ers tend to have this type of game once a season. Yes, they do. Last year, it was the Bears in the same atmosphere, weather, fans, etc. The Browns' defense is top five for a reason. This doesn't change our big goal. Move on and get ready for Minnesota. And I think this is that type of game for the 49ers. If the injuries are not too bad and everybody else can kind of just tighten their head back on a little bit and move forward, then that really is what this game could be. It's that one loss where you're like, man, we really sucked there. but. Moving on, Clay writes, more than anything, I just hate how many, I just hate how much shit we're all going to have to listen to the media and, f- and from fans this week. The whole team buckled. Brown's defense is actually number one, unlike the Cowboys. The whole team did buckle, and I think that needs to be what hopefully media focus on. They won't. They'll just be on the fact, focus on the fact that Brock Purdy struggled. Um, but it really was a collapse on all facets. There's, there's no way this defense should be giving up 19 points to uh, a, a mediocre Browns offense quarterbacked by a backup, technically third-string quarterback in terms of how they had their depth chart organized. So, um, yeah, Browns defense was definitely much more formidable than the Cowboys. Maurice Kilbride, a really poor day for the 49ers. Where to start? Injuries to Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Greenlaw, and Trent. Yeah, you can't forget about the fact that Greenlaw was not out there. Uh, I should have mentioned that when I was talking about the defense. But yeah, no Drew Greenlaw seemed apparent. They just did not have the uh, the knowledge and the speed to chase down a lot of those plays that you know could be sniffed out by a player like a Greenlaw's caliber. Purdy was awful. Shanahan, poor play calls and clock management. Moody, a third-round draft pick, missing straightforward kicks. And, not a, and I'm not a big fan of Wilkes' defensive play calling either. And I think you're right to be all of those things. I mean, you start that over, you've got the injuries, you've got Purdy playing bad. I mean, he... he Maurice basically hit on everything I hit on. Um, anything that could be bad was bad. 
I mean, that's your really way of summarizing it. W Mac, it's one loss. We had three last year this time. No need to overreact. Brock played the worst game of his career, and we still had a very real chance to win the game. We'll be fine. I, I think that is a, a perfectly reasonable take as well. I don't think anybody needs to feel like the sky is falling. I don't feel like the sky is falling for this 49ers team. Again, my long-term concerns are those injuries. Um, is the offensive line going to be able to put together a, a, a more solid showing moving forward? And is Jake Moody going to be able to repair his confidence to the point of being reliable in that same situation, but maybe it's the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's a scary thought. Josh said passing game was not in sync much of all game, except their first and last drives. It, it really did look like that. It looked like Purdy was just kind of chucking it out there and hoping these, his playmakers were going to bail him out. Should have ran the ball more with Mason earlier, but didn't, especially in the second to last drive. Uh, I didn't blame them for not running it in that second to last drive. I get why people wanted them to run it because you got to kill a little bit of clock. But the clock isn't what ending uh, ended it ended up losing it for him. In fact, the fact that they didn't use a lot of clock in that drive meant that they have time for their own last minute drive. But it was that what was that first play of that drive? I'd have to go find it. But they ended up. Oh, it was a uh, intentional grounding. So, so you're starting out on first and twenty. You can't really run the ball in that situation. And the 49ers hadn't been able to run the ball that, that whole time. So it, it's like there, there was nothing that told them that they could rely on the run, even if they wanted to kill some clock, which, again, the, the fact that they didn't kill clock ended up benefiting them later in the game. The pass rush showed up. We're missing Dre, though. I, I do think they were missing Dre Greenlaw for sure. And uh, maybe that's a huge vote of confidence for Dre Greenlaw is how different that defense looked and incapable they looked against the run without him there. Uh, pass rush showed up in a way, you know, they were constantly pressuring. They had two sacks, but again, I'm, I'm still, maybe I'm wrong in setting the bar higher for this unit. Randy Gregory did have his first sack. That's encouraging. Nick Bosa did have a sack at a key situation, but it just seems like they should be doing a little more, but maybe that's just me being unrealistic. Cleveland's defense is good. Still in position to win. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Spears, Niners didn't play well, but still had a chance at winning. That's what good teams do. Stay in it. NFL needs to address the refs. They can't be that much of an influence on the outcome. I absolutely agree. And if you have been listening to me for a while, you know that I am not the guy that blames shit on refs. Like, again, I already said it. The 49ers should have done way more of that whole game to where those calls didn't dramatically sway the outcome. But the 49ers, or excuse me, but the NFL still needs to find a way to where the refs, their mistakes can be corrected in the moment because there were a lot of mistakes. Uh, Joseph Lucas, get Moody off the team. I've seen better consistency from undrafted free agent kickers. You you have because most kickers are undrafted free agents. <laughs> like the 49ers decided they wanted Moody. They got their little verification that they needed when the Patriots took a kicker to start the fourth round or up towards the top of the fourth round. But, you know, again, Moody had been perfect up until today, which, so, I mean, can you really be that mad at him? You sure as hell can. That's That's on you. But uh, we'll see where he goes from here. Uh, the 49ers have shown they don't necessarily hold on to players just because of where they were drafted. So if he doesn't figure it out and they don't feel like they can ride into the playoffs uh, and rely on him, then it wouldn't surprise me to see a switch, as as embarrassing as that is. Bryce said, Brown's defense was good. Weather was bad. Brock surged when it mattered, and Moody can can have a miss. The perfect storm of bad doesn't mean larger issues. I think that's a great takeaway. And I think that's a great line. The perfect storm of bad doesn't mean larger issues. It really was the perfect storm of bad. We talked about it. Every unit was bad. Every, Almost every player on the team 
was bad in some way or another. So it's, it's, it's just, to me, it's not a sky is falling loss. Uh, it was cool to see Brock orchestrate that last minute drive, whether it worked or not. Let's just, you know, let's orchestrate, orchestrate those drives throughout the whole game. Andrew O said, Kyle's play calling constant the game. Brock and offense never able to get into rhythm. How does Kittle have one catch for one yard when he's the only playmaker on the field after all those injuries and Ayuk drops? Uh, I agree. I, I think it, I do think it's relatively inexcusable for a player like George Kittle that kind of gives you that grit that you need in a situation like that to just, he got, he got two targets and one catch for one yard. Like, I, I I struggle to think the Browns' defense just absolutely shut down Kittle. You have to find a way to get a player like that the ball more often. It, it it's pretty un- inexcusable that when, like you said, Debo's out and I or uh, CMC's out and Ayuk had a drop, like throw the ball to George Kittle and let him do something. Um, Dono D N O tree, you know, orange tree four four four. We'll go with that. A plethora of issues leading to the Niners' loss. Greenlaw out, plus CMC, plus Debo. Um, but the Browns' D-line was the key. Two bad ref calls gave the Browns the lead, yet we were still in position to win it. Moody lost it, minus six points. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you add those six points straight away. But again, just to kind of spread out the blame here, how many how many points did the offense leave on the table by just generally being bad the entire game? So to me, you can 100% attribute a large portion of this loss to Moody missing two field goals, but you've got to also attribute the same amount of blame on an offense that had averaged over 30 points a game leading up into this. And how many, I mean, you go to the possessions, let's go to the possessions. Here's the 49ers possessions. He started out with a touchdown. Okay. So seven of their 17 points came on the first drive. Then you've got a missed field goal punt, a made field goal punt, end of half started the second half with an interception punt, 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 touchdown, which was one play from the eight-yard line, punt, missed field goal. So you've got two miss, you got a touchdown and then two missed field goals, bracketing a whole lot of nothing. So if you if you ignore the, the two missed field goals and the touchdown, which is obviously not what I'm necessarily saying to do, but for the sake of what the offense didn't do, you've got punt, field goal, punt, end of half, interception, punt, punt, punt a one play touchdown in which Diamador Lenore got you the ball on the eight yard line and then another punt. So yes, Moody's field goals definitely cost them the game from a pure point standpoint, but a 49ers offense that averaged over 30 yards a game was just basically ineffective for three quarters, which is embarrassing for, for, for this unit. Antonio McFly, lost Debo, lost CMC, very bad calls, worst offensive game, still had a great shot to win it. We golden. I like it. I like it. Just not losing his mind. We still had a shot to win it. We're good. Reminds me of the last dance when Michael Jordan played. Who did they? I can't remember who they were playing, but it was in the playoffs, and they played a horrible game, and the other team still lost. And he basically said the same thing. Like, we had to just play horrible for the other team to barely win. We'll be fine. And as you know, they were fine. Gary Smith, we were we were poor all game, battling injuries and poor referee decisions, but we still had a chance to win it, but blew it. We reality check will go a long way. I, I do th- I do think that will go a long way because the 49ers could have went on a massive uh, undefeated streak, and now they are no. The Eagles are now. I'm assuming they won today. 
they were in a decently close game, but it looked like they had it under control. Um, the 49ers are now no longer undefeated, and I believe the Eagles are now the lone undefeated team in the NFL. Where are they at here? What? The Eagles lost to the Jets? You're looking at this real time. The Eagles lost to the Jets. Oh, my goodness. How did I miss it? Wow. Eagles lost to the Jets, guys. So now no team is undefeated, and both the 49ers and Eagles are 5-1. I came home. I've been feeling just like slightly under the weather. Weather? Weather? So after the game, I came home and uh, and just caught a quick nap just to kind of catch up on things. And while I was sleeping, the Eagles lost to the Jets. So excuse me for saying the 49ers uh, were left the Eagles as the only undefeated team because now nobody is, right? Are the Dolph- were the Dolphins still among that? I thought it was just the 49ers and Eagles. We're just we're just shooting from the hip right now. I know the Dolphins won. I believe Raheem had a good game. Yeah, no, they're they're five and one as well. Interesting. Means nothing, but still interesting. Okay. My uh we interrupt your regularly scheduled program for uh, my mindless thoughts. Let's keep going. Uh, Meeks 54 pretty can't throw ball and throw in bad weather. The offensive line was outmatched and Greenlaw needs to come back right away. <laughs> uh, I think all of those things might be true. Birdie Purdy doesn't have very big hands, which make handling a football in, in bad weather that much more difficult. Um, and we saw that today. Thankfully, I don't think it really rained long enough to blame it on the weather. It, it really only saw rain on the screen for kind of a short period of time. And yeah, the ground would be wet, but I'm not sure I'm ready to give Purdy that excuse. Ty Carter, is our defense predictable? Like our pass rush seems to be you four line up and go get him. How many stunts, blitzes, disguises, coverages? I think Randy Gregory's sack came on a on a stunt, but I do understand what you're saying. It does seem like it's kind of just the four pressing forward every time. I, I, that's one of those things that, where I'd have to really rewatch it and focus on that, but I get what you're saying. Gourmet Ramen. Besides the obvious kicker, refs, weather, Shanahan game plan for a bruising game and had us looking like the old 49ers when teams put nine in the box, which ended up keeping the Browns hanging in it. He should have kept the playbook a little more open before the rain came down hard. Uh, yeah, it was weird, man. The 49ers ran the ball like with ease on that first drive, and then everything shut down after that. And Kyle Shanahan kind of seemed like he was still living in his head that that first drive worked. Why is it not working? And, and it wasn't working. A big shot Dentia. Just look at the name. That's his name. Big shot Dentia. This was such a Garoppolo game. Bad passes, tap dancing in the pocket, dropped interceptions. We needed a game like that. Get it out of our system. It did look like a Garoppolo game. Purdy did look rattled, and he did look like he was just ready to get that ball out of his hands. And that is probably why some of the plays had the result that they did. Uh, sui generis. Is there any process to make a formal objection to the league? The officiating was inexcusable. They legitimately gifted Cleveland 10 points between blowing a close turnover dead, not supposed to. And the two phantom calls in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think you're talking about the, the, the fumble, um, sack fumble, right. And blowing it dead. It was a sack fumble and Nick Bosa picked up that ball and ran it in the end zone. So I understand that. And then obviously you're talking about the other three points in which they were gifted two penalties to kick that last field goal to go ahead. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think the 49ers can file an official complaint 
But I think the only thing the NFL is basically going to do is say, yeah, they were wrong on this and this occasion. And that's it. It would only be like a pat on the back from the NFL to the 49ers. Uh, too little, too late. So that's at least what I think. But again, the NFL needs to make changes to ensure that calls like that just can't shape games. Dan Bugarin, interior line and right side specifically is getting exposed. Uh, I'm not sure how the right side did in, in relation to everything else. I'm assuming it was bad. I'm taking your word for it, Dan. Um, but yeah, it was it was constant pressure from the Browns defense. And uh, we'll see where the 49ers go from here. John Minahan, can't wait to hear all the pundits talk about how Purdy lost the game. Third pick on a kicker and misses two. Unreal. I mean, I think Purdy has just this big of a... I mean, I can't... It's This game was so bad, I can't put it on any one person. I can't put it on a kicker. can't put it on... Kurt Purdy, I can't put it on the out. Like everybody sucked together. It, it sounds like I'm making excuses for Moody, which, you know, you're the kicker. Your one and only job is to step out there and make kicks. But to me, like I said earlier, Moody played just as bad as everybody else. So, like, cry about it together in the locker room because you were all bad. And, you know, to me, if I was on that team and I saw anybody shooting a glare Moody's way, I would be pissed because I'd be like, dude, you didn't do your job. I didn't do my job. He didn't do his job. He didn't do his job. None of us deserve to look at anybody else with any sort of judgment because we all sucked. So that's just kind of how I go about about it. Nothing will change the fact that in that moment when Moody lined up to kick the ball, if he would have made it, the 49ers would have won. But in the end, you know, unless this win cost them playoff positioning, unless this loss costs them playoff positioning, winning that game wouldn't have solved the issues that we saw from the 49ers, if that makes sense. If the 49ers end up getting the playoff positioning they wanted anyways, then you know we can forget about this. But it, it, to me, whether Moody makes or misses that kick, you've still got all the same issues you had all game that the 49ers are going to need to fix. You've still got the same injuries to key players. You've still got an offensive line that's giving up pressure all game. You've still got an ineffective offense when placed up against a great defense. You know what I mean? Like it's just, there was so much wrong with it that uh, unless that missed kick and this loss directly ends up affecting the 49ers playoff seating, which very, very well could. It, it's just the whole team was just bad. Marco Giovazzi main takeaway. We need a kicker. Just call Robbie. It may come to that. It may come to that. Van Vausenas. Yeah. Go ahead and wait another draft on a, sh- and wait another draft pick. Waste another draft pick on a shaky kicker. I, I don't know, man. It never seemed like a great idea to draft a kicker, let alone in the third round. But that's this is where we are. Kevin, our offense was dead throughout the game, but we knew it would be a defensive battle. Purdy was off all game and under duress, but he made good throws on that last drive to put the, the team put the team in position to win it. Still, Moody choked. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did. He did. 100%. I accidentally clicked the top of my thing. Let me make sure. Okay. Uh, Angel Reyes. Niners made a mistake by depending on a rookie kicker with Super Bowl aspirations. This moment was too big for him. Uh, I think that that's something that they are going to be paying close attention to for the rest of the season. I think that that's something they may be thinking now. Like, look, what if winning a Super Bowl comes down to our kicker? And look, tons of kickers have missed in key moments throughout the history of the NFL. Moody would not be the the first to do that, but you have to safeguard yourself for those situations. And right now the 49ers are not safeguarded from 
the problem of missing a kick to win a game. How many game-winning kicks has Robbie Gould kicked to the 49ers over the last three or four years? A lot. I mean, or has has Robbie Gould been with the team since 2017? I can't remember, but I think he has. So how many game-winning kicks has he kicked for the 49ers? And you just kind of move that to the wayside, and now all of a sudden you're relying on a rookie kicker that you drafted in the third round, you know, creating the perception that you believe in him and that you're counting on him to be clutch at big moments. And six games in, and you've already you've already lost one. So now they have to do everything in their power to not rely on a kick when they may be in a situation where they don't have a choice. Jim Burke, it's the NFL. When you don't play well, there will always be an opportunity to get beat. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. How many times, you know, how bad do the 49ers play? Really, really effing bad. <laughs> so um, in in the words of Jim Burke, it's the NFL. When you don't play well, you, there will always be an opportunity to get beat. NDE, the rock refs propel a sloppy game into a loss. They certainly assisted. They certainly assisted. Chris Bogart, a quarterback at offense and a bad game against a really good defense. Every team has those games. I agree. But I feel like we got to see what we needed to see from Brock in those tough moments. He led his team at the end and put the team in a position to win. Uh, I, I agree. I, I like the whole putting his team in a position to win thing. But whether it was him, Kyle Shanahan, the offense, there should have been more putting people in positions to score points. Penny, Penny, Penny's dad. Penny, Pen, Penny's dad. Is Robbie still a free agent? I believe he is. Oh, let me let me just type it in here just to be sure. Although he may say no to the 49ers just out of spite at this point. Uh, Robbie Gould. Yeah, he's a free agent. Just making sure. Just making sure. Uh, Ramsey Nelson. Sloppy game. Injury. Weather. Purdy wasn't right. Refs. Weird game plan. Maybe because of the injuries. I think that's a great point. It, it, this seemed like a game where there would be a big Debo game. And it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, you go to my you go to my prize picks, and I, I, KP, who I let choose them, had no better luck than I've been happening with prize picks. Uh, Amari Cooper did hit the uh, the more than thirty eight receiving yards. George Kittle, which is funny, it says George Kittle had zero receiving yards. He had one. Um, and Debo Samuel had zero receiving yards as well because he left due to injury. So uh, our prize picks goes down in flames again. Um, but this did seem like a game where Debo would have a huge impact and. He was unfortunately out for the vast majority of the game. Uh, all G double E D, all G double O D good. All G double O D good. All right, I'm into that. Niner Empire, get live, get live, and represent faithful. All right, all right, Ramsey. Okay, obviously this isn't this loss isn't holding Ramsey back. Ramses, I just I always think of Nacho Libre when I see the word Ramsey. Adam Power, my takeaway is Mooney sucks ass, period. <laughs> uh, and I think you have a right to that takeaway. Jesus Martinez, that's what happens when you leave it in the ref's hands. And we were a little bit on our high horse after that win last week. I like that. A little bit on their high horse after that win last week. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Matt, I think Schwartz really got in Kyle's head this week. I think this means that Kyle Shannon is now like, one and eight against Jim Schwartz. Interesting. Other than the first drive, I thought the play calling was atrocious. Block played pretty terrible. Block. Brock played pretty terrible too. Looked off for them all game and getting pressured early. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, again, Kyle Shanahan has not been good against defensive coordinator. Brown's defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. 
Um, the play calling was atrocious. Block. I keep saying block. Why? Brock Purdy played pretty terrible. Yep, I agree with it all. Tony, need Robbie Gold Mac. I agree. I mean, I do agree, but yeah. Sanish Patel, Niners aren't great on special teams. That cost them today. Yeah, they gave up a ton on special teams, quite a few penalties, quite a few allowing too many yards. Uh, it, it was just a rough game all around. Playing a bad Cleveland team required all three phases. O and D canceled out. Uh, nothing about the offense and defense canceled out. The offense was bad. And the defense can't, it was bad. <laughs> like I get that they can't, they scored and allowed the same type of points, but that should not be the case against the, the Browns. Like I get what you're saying. Like the 49ers had a great offense. The Browns had a great defense. Um, and it should, you know, maybe special teams was what pushed them over, but I would, the 49ers relying on their special teams to push them over, man, 11 more games to fix this. That's a good point. 11 more games. That's a lot of games. Uh, Christopher Gonzalez never leave the game to a kicker. Shake my damn head. Kittle was available. Injuries played a factor. Purdy was off his game. Overthrew a lot behind the receivers. Niners fought hard, but the refs did inevitably give the Browns the game. Uh, I mean, they... The, the refs threw a lot of penalties on the Browns, too. But when it came down to the end of that game... Um, pretty much every poor call was going against the 49ers when when the game was coming down to brass tacks. So, uh, you know, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, checkbook, checkbook title and Petty King. It was a trap game and no one wanted to call it out. I never thought it was a trap game because, one, the 49ers are a team with Super Bowl aspirations in when a first round – it's not only Super Bowl aspirations, but – um number one seed aspirations to get that first round by. So to me, if, if that is really your mindset, then a trap games can't exist because every loss is going to mean something. And not only that, but you're going up against the NFL's best defense. So like, you know what I mean? What part of that is a trap? What part, like, what are you not ready for? Uh, you know, did you think you were going to walk right over the NFL's best defense? If that's the game, then if that's the case, then, it's more just, yeah. I mean, you could call it a trap game, but to me, from my point of view, it just always seemed like the 49ers, it was a game the 49ers were going to have to scrap and claw for. On the road after a big rival win, bad weather, and good defense. Two in-game injuries, two in-game injuries are tough, especially when you don't have the crowd behind you. Gather your things, go home, accept the wake-up call, and get back to work. I like that. If I could have a longer podcast title, I would call it Gather Your Things, Go Home, Accept the Wake-Up Call, and Get Back to Work. Uh, Joe Kloss with eight seconds left, run out ball, run the ball one more time, then call a timeout. Why not try to get as close as possible? I thought the 49ers weren't moving close enough. That I thought the same thing as that drive was unfolding, not necessarily with eight seconds left. I don't mind that because if the hold's bad and the, the holder just kind of has to hug it, you know, and, and they can call timeout and try again. But it just seemed like leading up to that point, they were just taking too much time. Get your kicker as close as you possibly can. Like you don't even need to stop throwing the ball. Like, like just keep driving the ball forward. The 49ers were moving the ball. Why are you just, you know, it seemed like the 49ers and the way they were moving the ball at that point had an opportunity to make it. I get, you don't want to turn it over, but it seemed like they could have made it like a 25 yarder, but they kind of just like turbo down and just assumed, excuse my voice crap, that Moody was going to be good from 41. And he wasn't, um, Kavol, Kovlol, C-O-V-L-O-L ranking, who was awful in this game? Reffing crew? Yep, they were probably the worst. Offensive play calling outside of the first two and last drives. 
offensive execution outside of the first two drives and the last drive. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Jerry said it was rigged. David Soto, bad offensive game, bad offensive game, and bad penalties on that last drive killed the game. Wet ball, plus pretty small hands, bad throws all game. Um, they were pretty bad all game. But again, it, it seemed like rain was only a, really a thing for a small portion. But that doesn't necessarily all of a sudden make the ground dry up. You know, it, the ball could have been wet for most of the game. El Jefe, Brock did enough in the end to get them to win on a bad day. Anyone got Robbie Gould's number? Uh, I'm sure the 49ers do. Um, CO, not worried. Garbage refs with three stars out. CMC, Debo, and Greenlaw. I'm more worried about Kyle's gun shyness at the end of the game. Okay, cool. So other people did notice it. Yeah, it did. It did seem a little weird. Like, I feel like the way the 49ers were moving the ball, like, okay, let's just make this a chip shot. Let's make this a, a 20 to 25 yard field goal. But instead they kind of just throttled down and, and wanted Moody to make a 41 yarder. But that's, that's again, I'm sitting here in my seat after the fact. Laker fans suffering in Phoenix. I'm sorry about that. At least the heat is going away, I'm assuming. Uh, Greenlaw was surely missed. Fred is all pro, but I feel like Dre sets the tone. Uh, you might have something to that, especially with the level of violence that Dre plays with. Dre plays with. He consistently skirts that line. Um, yeah, well, and it's and it, it, even with an all pro linebacker, you can't just have an all pro linebacker and, and he erases everything in the middle of the field. You know, the 49ers have shown you need two really good guys in there to truly set the tone like Dre does. And, uh, and they only had one there. So, uh, I, I, I think he was surely missed. I think you're right there. Niner state. Kyle did his usual late playoff choke in the game. Ben H the offense flat out stunk. Jake Mooney stunk and the refs were awful for both sides. That is a perfectly fine way of putting it. The offense flat out stunk. Jake Moody stunk. I think the defense stunk too myself. I think that they'd probably tell you they stunk too. Now they would always kind of be like that. They're humble group, but it's they weren't good enough either. And the refs, we can, you should just put the refs stunk too for both sides because you got a lot of stunk in there, you know. Ending it, well, no, we got one more. We got a couple more down here. Uh, so Graz, the refs were garbage on both sides, but the 49ers often were too. Browns deserve this win just as much, if not more. That, to me, is where it's at. The Browns deserve this win with just as much, if not more. Uh, they looked like the better team. We know they're not, but they look like the better team, and the 49ers are, are probably beating themselves up on that plane ride home over how they played. Ultimately, it'll be fine. Play defense like Cleveland is not a viable defensive strategy for other teams against the 49ers. We drop a game like this every year. They do. They do. I mean, the 49ers are five and one and the sky is not falling. They can turn this around and, and easily, but uh, you know, it's, it could serve as just a nice large slice of humble pie. Ron Rice, how the F did kid only get two passes all game? Good question. Pathetic game call by Shanahan. I agree. Pathetic performance by Purdy. Pretty close. Pathetic performance by Kittle. Eh, we'll see. Um, O-line and D-line performances were awful. Stupid penalties. You, hey, Ron. You tell him, Ron. You let him know. All right? Jason Lucky, last but certainly not least. First, horrible game plan. Whatever the game plan was, I agree. It didn't seem great. Second, the injuries that we avoided all season hit us. Third, this is why you don't depend on rookie kickers. Fourth, with a timeout left, I don't know why you don't try to get more yards. The officiating on Cleveland's last drive was inexcusable. I agree with all that. Uh, I do feel like the 49ers should have uh, been quicker on that final drive to just make Jake Moody's kick easier. Now, that then again, a 41-yard kick for an NFL kicker should be automatic, but you put yourself into this rookie kicker territory, so you shouldn't assume anything is automatic until that guy really gets his legs under him and, 
and uh, and just adjusts to the pressure of an NFL kick. Not just an NFL kick, an NFL kick with serious ramifications like the games being on the line. The officiating on Cleveland's last drive was inexcusable. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, we had one more takeaway come in from Gourmet Ramen. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit it up. Besides the obvious kicker rest, whether oh wait, I mean we ended up getting this. Okay, all right, we got this. We got this. All right, that's that's all fifty four fucking takeaways. So uh, thank you to all fifty four of you for being in the in the chat for contributing. I know it was a loss. I know it was a frustrating loss. But I can almost promise you that the 49ers are going to fix it and they will turn it around. And, uh, you know, maybe as soon as next week against the Vikings, they will look like the same dominant team we are used to. Um, It's just one of those games, man, where everybody played bad and everybody has a share in this blame from the coaching staff all the way down to the kicker. So uh, it it is what it is. Uh, But again, thank you for everybody contributing to the takeaways. I absolutely love it. I love having the problem of having a lot of takeaways or too many takeaways. There's no such thing as too many takeaways, but the fact that I've got 54 chilling there, that is awesome. That is what I want to see. Some of you guys I, were, were new new faces to the takeaways. Next week, if the 49ers win easily or you know whatever the outcome is of the game, get back in those takeaways. Be a part of this podcast. I appreciate it. Um, and I also appreciate just everybody for listening. Um, make sure that you, uh, you, you download, you subscribe. You leave us a five-star review if you deem us worthy, um, and we'll keep going. We'll keep driving forward, just like the 49ers are going to keep driving forward. Um, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Rob underscore Louder, um, for all my incredible tweets. I mean, I'm a big I'm a big tweeter on game day. In between games, I don't know, man. It's, 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 tough, to, uh, it's tough to find a reason to tweet these days. Twitter slash X is just like doldrums now but whatever we're all good we're all good um again thank you for listening to striking gold i appreciate it but as always all good things must come to an end and for another episode of striking gold i'm rob and we are signing out <laughs>